through my experience of working with business owners, really feeling like, you know, they are underserved and, and they don't have the clarity that they need. And thus my firm's name, Financial Clarity. Um, you know, that's really what I try to do is bring those business owners clarity. Welcome to the Small Business Storytellers, the show where we dive deep into the stories and secrets of businesses focused on not just making money, but making the world a better place. My name is Seth Silvers, and my passion is helping businesses grow that are making the world a better place. Every episode, you will hear from transformational leaders and business owners as we dive into what has helped them grow and what has helped them stay true to themselves along the way. Also, Every week, we are hosting live conversations with our guests in Fireside Chat, where we give you, the audience, the opportunity to ask them your burning questions. So make sure to join us live on Fireside Chat on your mobile device. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Storytellers. Uh, Today, I am here with Ryan Kimmler, the founder and CEO of Financial Clarity, and as is in the name of his business. We're going to be talking about finances, fractional CFOs, and really why small businesses should be thinking about bringing in a fractional CFO or really getting a hold of their finances probably before you think you really need to be there. So we're going to talk about that, talk about some of the important numbers that you should be thinking about as a business owner on today's episode. So Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Well, thank you for having me, Seth. I really appreciate it. And I'm doing really well. Wonderful. It's great to be here. So, yeah, we are excited to have you. Uh, I know over the last probably two years, uh, I've like really restructured all the finances I've done in my business and also personal life. And um, it just makes a big difference. I think financial education is interesting to where it's one thing that if you don't if you don't pay attention to it, then your finances, they, they do get out of order. Like it's not it's uh, I guess. What did we learn in school? The law of entropy like things tend towards a state of disorder. That seems especially true in finances. Do you see that to be true across the board? For sure, for sure. Um, And, you know, the big thing with a lot of business owners is they like to make money and they like to spend money and they're not worried about how it comes out at the end or what's in between. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really how things end up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of business owners, you know, they get to the end of the year and, um, some they lose money, some they try to, you know, hit even so they're not profiting anything and others you end up at the end of the year and your accountant tells you, Hey, good job. You made some money. And you know, you were $10,000 in profit or a hundred grand in profit. And my guess is you're wondering where the heck is that? Like, cool. That sounds good on paper, but where actually is that money? For sure. Yeah. You go look at your bank and you're like, my accountant is crazy. Told me, yeah. They told me 10000 and I'm seeing $2,000 here. What the heck yeah. is going on? Yeah, exactly. So uh, on your website, you say that you give business owners the one clear path to growing a more profitable business. That sounds like it's like a framework that you stand by. Could you explain to us what kind of the one clear path is? Yeah, absolutely. So the one clear path is, I mean, just as it says it is, really just gives business owners uh, a clear heading and, and direction. And there's six steps to the one clear path. So the first one is, and, and the one clear path revolves around nine simple numbers. Um, I like to make things as, you know, finances as simple as possible. So I've really pared it down to nine simple numbers. Um, and we can probably talk about that a little bit later in the show, but 
Um, so the six steps in the one clear path. The first one is, is to set targets around those nine simple numbers for what you want to do this year. And some of those include common numbers like everyone knows, revenue, you know, what are my marketing expenses going to be? What are my payroll expenses going to be? Things like that. We're helping business owners set targets for what do they want to do this year. Then after we've helped them set targets, step two is, is to update and analyze um, your actual numbers. Where are Where is your revenue or where is your payroll expenses compared to your target? Um, <clears throat> then the third one is, is to create a forecast. So if you're three months through the year and um, you, you don't have a seasonal business and you're not a fourth of the way to your revenue goal, you're probably not on track. So you create a forecast and say, well, where am I actually going to end up? Um, <clears throat> step four is to use some kind of scoreboard and um, keep score. Where, where are the metrics where you're winning the game? Where are the metrics where you're losing the game and, and you're not going to hit your target? Um, step five is then to cr create objectives. If your revenue is short, maybe your overall objective is, well, in the next six months, I need to grow my revenue by 10% to hit my goal. That's an overall objective. And then after you have those overall objectives, the last step is, well, what are the next steps that I need to do in order to grow my revenue 10%? And so those, and then basically just rinse and repeat every single month, starting at step two, update and analyze every single month. Um, so those six steps um, are what we use to, you know, help business owners that we work with really yeah. keep a good track on their important numbers. Yeah, and that sounds like a simple framework, but also it requires it requires attention. It requires being intentional about it and paying, uh, taking time out of your month to prioritize it. And I think for a lot of people, their focus is so much on sales. Our priority as business owners is often just on growing the top line revenue that we're not really paying attention to what's in the house. So how did you get to develop this framework? And even, you know, how did you get to the place where you launched your own financial firm? Yeah. So, um, so really I started my career after college working for another CPA firm. Um, and we were doing, you know, bookkeeping and accounting for small business owners. Um, we weren't really doing any kind of CFO work, um, but that's that's really where I started um, and then ended up launching my own firm and, and really just through my experience of working with business owners, really feeling like, you know, they are underserved and, and they don't have the clarity that they need. And thus my firm's name, Financial Clarity. Um, you know, that's really what I try to do is bring those business owners clarity. And then, you know, as far as the one clear path goes, I mean, I really just kind of took a 30,000 foot overview of what I was doing with my clients and was like, okay, how can I break this down into what I'm actually doing? And, <clears throat> you know, a lot of, and it really started with like budgeting, right? Like that's where a lot of, it's probably where a lot of business owners start. And that's kind of like setting targets. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, my monthly process as I continued to work with them, I really just, you know, kind of broke that down into steps. And it became, you know, one clear path. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of different stories along the way with your previous firm you were working at and in your own business. What are maybe some of the biggest financial mistakes you see business owners making? Sure. So I think the biggest one is probably not having clear targets um, simply because when you don't have clear targets and like if all you pick is a revenue goal, 
Well, that doesn't tell you what comes out at the end, which is how much money you keep, which is really like one of the most important things. Um, so, you know, that is one of the, that's one of the biggest mistakes is not setting clear targets. Um, that, that I would say, yeah, financially is, and then, you know, next would be, you know, not looking at all of the right numbers. Um, right. you know, a lot of, a lot of business owners understand you get to the bottom and that's net income, but that's not always the cash that you have in the bank. And so the process of getting from here's my net income to here's the cash that actually got deposited to the bank, mm-hmm. um, you know, working through that process and, and most business owners don't to figure that out and make the proper adjustments that need to be made to get down to actual cash mm-hmm. is another major mistake. Yeah. I've definitely seen those and in, in at different times, you know, had, had those going on in my world as well. You know, I don't want to give away all of your stuff uh, for free, but I think also you and I know that um, a lot of people will listen to this and uh, we still need support in implementing this. Like this isn't a model and becoming financially healthy isn't something that a business owner does with no support. Um, and I encourage anybody that's listening that wants that support and wants to take that next step to reach out to Ryan and their team at Financial Clarity. But I'd love to get as practical as we can and share as much value as we can. So can we go into those nine simple numbers? Yeah, absolutely. I'm willing okay. to uh, I'm willing to give them all away here today. Sweet. So yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love it. to hear them. And I'm also curious how many of them I know about sure. my own business. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I- I'll, cho- I'll choose later whether or not I reveal the number. <laughs> OK, so set these first five. I like to call my profit drivers. And these are ones that, you know, more most of your audience is probably going to know comes directly from your income statement or profit and loss. So profit driver number one is revenue. That's sales revenue. Um, you know, yeah. Profit driver number two um, is cost of sales. Now, a lot of people, when you say cost of sales, they think of products and that's what products cost me. However, if you have a service based business and you have like external contractors or even it, like I've seen some people put like advertising cost in cost of sales, anything that you can directly relate to this is what it costs me to bring another sale into the door can go in cost of sales. And sometimes by moving some other items up there besides just this is what a product costs me can really bring some good clarity to the business as well. Um, And when you subtract cost of sales from revenue, you get down to your gross profit. You've probably seen that on your profit and loss statement. Um, So then driver number three, I like to put in group payroll expenses together. Um, so that would be anybody that you pay outside of outside contractors, um, you know, all your employees and everything. Um, profit driver number four is all your marketing expenses. I like to group all of those together as well. And then profit driver number five is all of their overhead. Um, and, and when you take all of your expenses minus your gross profit, you get down to net profit. Um, again, probably, you know, stuff that most all of your the your audience is going to know. Um, so then the other four drivers of the nine simple numbers are cash flow drivers. And these are ones that when I talk to business owners, usually these are ones that they're way less familiar with and sometimes have a hole in tracking these. So cash flow driver number one is an increase or decrease in accounts receivable. So when you bill somebody and they owe you for work, um, did the amount that you billed versus how much you collected, did that number go up or down? over the course of the month. Um, cash flow driver number two 
is the purchase or sale of assets. Um, some businesses, if you're like operating completely virtu virtually, you probably don't have to deal with that. But if you're like a landscaping company or something like that, and you're buying trucks, obviously when you go out and buy a truck, you're taking money out of your business to go buy that truck. Even if you you know borrow some, you probably had to put some down. So purchase or sale of assets. Um, cash flow driver number three is pay down or take in new debt. Um, so if you take out a loan, if you got a PPP loan or you know an economic disaster relief loan when COVID was happening, you know when you took out that loan, you brought in more money into your business. So overall in the business, um, did you pay down more than you brought in or did you bring in more than you paid down? So that's cash flow driver number three. And then cash flow driver number four is owner's draw or owner's investment. Um, you're going to find that in like the equity section. You know, did you put money into the business or were you taking money out of the business? Um, you know, what's your overall number there, up or down? Um, when you calculate those four drivers, you know, you can start at your net income or profit and use those four drivers to get down to what's my net cash flow for the period. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of those, again, you know, they're... So I think most people would be familiar with those terms, but then, you know, on a monthly basis, are we paying attention to those? Do we know how they apply to our business? I think that's all, those are really good questions. Again, I know a lot of listeners, they're going to be hearing this and they're going to be thinking, okay, I'll, you know, I'll spend some time this week looking at my numbers or kind of looking at my financial statements or creating a financial statement. Um, I think the big question here is when should small businesses start outsourcing this? Um, I think most big businesses, it's going to make sense to do this internally, to have your own internal team doing. And even there, they're usually big businesses are still having, you know, third party, big five accounting firms come and help them with different support needs. But as a small business, it's this kind of weird middle ground where it's always hard to know when should we be outsourcing this and outsourcing our bookkeeping or accounting or hiring a fractional CFO, um, when do you think that point is for a small business? Sure. Yeah. So I think, um, well, let's start with, let's start with the bookkeeper. Um, you know, hiring a bookkeeper, most likely remotely, that's part time. Um, I think that small businesses should really start out with that once they hit $150,000 to $200,000 a year in revenue. Simply because, you know, there's a lot of specialists out there that you can, that, that you can tap into now that are in your industry and, um, since they're not full time, you don't have the expensive benefits and all that kind of stuff. And they're going to be very reasonable. And the return that you're going to get on, you know, as long as you find somebody that is credible and knows what they're doing, the return that you're going to get on hiring them is going to be very good. So I think, you know, hiring, you know, an outside bookkeeper, you know, business, businesses could start at 150 to 200,000. Um, on the CFO side, I think hiring an outside CFO, to come in and, and help you take over your finances and, and help you make strategic decisions, um, I think starts at about double that, you know, somewhere $400,000 range a year. Um, again, you know, they're not going to be full-time in your business, so you're not paying the full-time price. And mm -hmm. um, as, as um, financial professionals continue to work remotely nowadays, like I do, um, you know, it's very reasonable uh, to bring in somebody part-time. And again, you don't have the benefits and overhead and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's affordable and you're going to have a great return on your investment. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good 
clarification and help us understand this term of like a fractional CFO. And that's where, where you work with a lot of your clients. Uh, for yeah. those that are not familiar with that term, what does that mean? Sure. So there's a couple of different definitions that you have to be careful of in the marketplace when it comes to that. So some, some people define a fractional CFO as just a financial professional or professional that comes in, they fix a problem on a contract, and once that problem is fixed, they're gone. So, and then there are also some companies that call a fractional CFO someone that comes in and does a lot more handholding and works with the business owner on a month-to-month basis um, and helps them with their numbers and that kind of thing, that sort of thing. Um, so, there's two really two different definitions in the marketplace, um, and in order to kind of avoid confusion. I really like to call our service a CFO guide service. Um, you know, we're there with business owners, guiding them every step of the way, um, month to month, with you know, really no long-term commitment, no contract, for as long as they want us to be there and want us to help them grow their business mm-hmm. and help it be more profitable. Um, so yeah, so I like to you know, we we're outside, we're not hired in full time, so we're outside CFOs, but I like to call our service a CFO guide service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. And for business owners that are maybe hitting some of those benchmarks, or I think a lot of our audience might might even be past those, might be bigger than that, but not necessarily utilizing those services um, without necessarily getting into the nitty gritty of how you price all of your services. How much do you think businesses should be willing to spend on accounting or finances like that world? Is it a per, should it be a percent of revenue? Should it like how should we be thinking about how much that stuff actually costs. Sure. So I would look at, you know, what does it cost to hire that person full time? And obviously they're only there a fraction of the time. So it should, you know, accurately reflect a fraction, right? Probably, you know, a fourth or a fifth somewhere in there. I mean, I'll, you know, I'm willing to be quite upfront. Um, our pricing with our clients right now varies between 1497 and 4497. So depending on complexities and size and things like that, um, you know, if you're a business that's doing four or $500,000 a year, um, as long as your accounting is in order and I don't have to come in and spend a ton of time in your accounting department, um, you're probably going to fall at like 1497. So, you know, just under 18 grand a year, mm-hmm. um, you know, is like I said, very reasonable cost for having the CFO help and the tools and the knowledge and all that kind of stuff. Um, and again, a fraction of what it's going to cost to hire, you know, that kind of expertise in house. Right? right. I mean, I think, you know, even, you know, not in big cities, if you're hiring, you know, a CFO in house, you know, at a minimum, you're probably looking 80,000, 90,000. That's at a minimum, right? Just mm-hmm. salary wise. And you're not talking benefits and health insurance and all that kind of stuff on top of that. So, right. Yeah. Do you help your clients with taxes and and not like doing taxes, but like kind of the tax strategy type stuff? Because I know obviously a lot of business owners or a lot of people, they're like, they talk about the the tax advantages of owning a business. And that can kind of be a fun, fun world to think about, but is also complicated. For sure. Yeah. So um, I do not play in the tax sandbox, if you will. Um, They are I know enough to be dangerous. However, I do not claim to be a tax specialist by any means. The tax code is very complex. Um, and however, I do have, you know, a lot of great contacts 
that you're speaking of, you know, like, and I call them tax planners. Um, you have tax preparers and tax planners. Sometimes, you know, people do both. Um, but the tax planners are the ones that you're, you know, really speaking of where they're, you know, they know the tax code, they know what advantages and kind of quote unquote loopholes they can get you into to cut down on your tax bill and, you know, help you reduce your taxable liability for several years to come so that you're paying less money to the government. Um, so I do have, you know, several contacts in my corner that that's what they do. And that's what I, you know, refer to, I refer mm -hmm. business to them when it's necessary and, and makes sense. Um, you know, and sometimes a three or $4,000 tax planning engagement, $5,000, right? I've seen save clients 35, 40, $45,000 in taxes, right? right? So completely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think all of this is getting to kind of the conversation of like generalists versus specialists, you know, do you want to have one person that's kind of trying to do it all? Or do you want to have a team with a bunch of specialists? And the, the neat thing is in the business space now, it's more possible for, you know, me to have my finance person in St. Louis, my tax guy, in New York, my, this person in the here, we can really have our specialists all over the board. And it's possible to coordinate with those teams better than ever. So as we kind of close, uh, tell me a little bit more about who your ideal uh, audience is. Sure, absolutely. So I would say, you know, our ideal audience is a small business owner. When I say small, it's typically between four or five hundred thousand all the way up to five, six million um, that the owner is absolutely an expert at their craft and just not necessarily an expert at their numbers. Those are the people that we love to help. You know, some great examples um, would be like attorneys, dentists, chiropractors, um, you know, other service providers that, you know, you know your stuff, right? But you're not a specialist at numbers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's really where we come in. Um, yeah, so that would be really our target market for our, you know, CFO services are those small business owners that are looking for specialists to help them with their numbers, help them be more profitable um, with more better cash flow, more take-home pay. Um, those are the types of business owners that we like to help. And the other great thing about working with us too is typically we meet with our clients on a monthly basis and usually we have one, maybe two phone calls and we can really give them that direction of this is what you're doing over the next 30 days. And it doesn't have to take a lot of their time because I know if you're a service provider and you're in your business, running your business, your time is, you know, super, super valuable. Um, so typically, you know, one to two hours a month and we can give our clients really good insight and really good direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. And where's the best place for people to find out more if they want to get in touch with you? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure that we'll, we will um, include some links in the, in the podcast description, but um, www.financialclarityllc.com is my website. You can definitely reach me there. Um, I am on LinkedIn as well, Ryan Kimler. That's K-I-M-L-E-R. Um, I'm on Facebook as well. You can you can find me on any of those kind of social media platforms and channels. Um, and yeah, awesome. that's, that's the best place to go about finding me. Great. Well, this has been great and uh, practical and I hope that everybody listening um, will be a little more encouraged to dive into your numbers because it can be overwhelming. But at the end of the year, when you get the reward, have uh, more money in your pocket because you paid attention to your numbers. It uh, makes it all worth it. So 
Um, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on and sharing some of your expertise and uh, best of luck to you and all you're doing with Financial Clarity. Yes, absolutely, Seth. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Small Business Storytellers. If you've wanted to start a podcast and have been wondering if you can use podcasting to grow your business, but don't know where to start, I'd love to talk. Head to successwithstories.com slash podcast to learn exactly how to launch, grow, and profit from a podcast for your business. Again, that is successwithstories.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like this episode, share it with someone you know who would also like it. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or know someone who would be a great guest on the show, let me know. Thank you. And we will see you next time on the Small Business Storytellers.